Welcome to History in Six, a place where we sample history in six-minute increments. I'm your host, Tima Lindell. Today we're going to finish our discussion of the Jamestown Colony. Time is short. Let's jump into it. When last we left, the second wave that had arrived in Jamestown suffered another catastrophic winter. A Roanoke-level disaster seemed imminent. The remaining colonists packed up with plans of abandoning Jamestown. While they were preparing for the trip back to England, a relief convoy of three ships arrived. These three ships were led by Lord de la Ware, who was the governor of the Virginia Company. Remember, those in the Virginia Company had skin in the game. It was their personal wealth involved. Therefore, Delaware was intent on making sure the colony succeeded. He took immediate command of the colony, and the tide began to turn for this fledgling colony. Under his rule, a system of law was established in 1611. This was the first American legal code. Unlike Smith's ordinances, they were civil in nature and not martial. The laws included things like Sabbath observance was strictly enforced. Immodest dress was forbidden. Idleness was severely punished. Most of the laws were enforced in an effort to keep the colony from failing. They couldn't afford freeloaders, troublemakers, if they had any hope of surviving. They were just not a self-supporting colony yet. They didn't grow enough food. They had nothing of value to export to England in order to purchase food and bring into the colony. They needed to have kind of a laser focus if they were going to survive as a colony. These laws did indeed lead to a self-sufficient colony. John Rolfe, was inspired by these new laws to experiment with tobacco, hoping to create a valuable crop to sell. Yes, he was inspired. Inspired by the fear of being prosecuted for idleness. John obtained seeds from the Spanish West Indies, which were milder, sweeter than the local varieties found in Virginia. He attempted to plant them in the rich Virginia bottomlands, and those attempts proved highly successful. He created a sweet-tasting Virginia tobacco, often referred to as Orico tobacco. They began exporting this new tobacco back to England in 1616. The new Virginia tobacco soon became highly sought after throughout Europe. The profits they were able to garner from the tobacco sales allowed the colony to rapidly become self-sufficient, thus beginning the continual presence of the English in North America until and through the Revolutionary War. John Rolfe's contribution to history of the colony did not end there. He married an Indian princess called Pocahontas. Yes, that's the same princess who supposedly saved John Smith. I guess she was a fan of the European look. This marriage produced a precarious peace with the local tribes, allowing the colony a chance to flourish without having to fight a war of survival. We now arrive at the year 1619 where three different historic events occurred that set America down its path. First, the Virginia Company sent out a ship with 90 unmarried women. Any bachelor colonist could purchase a wife by paying her cost of transportation, which was set at 125 pounds of tobacco. This allowed for families to form in the colony, and more importantly, procreation to occur. Now the colony was not only self-sufficient, but could also self-populate moving forward. They wouldn't have to rely solely on new colonists coming in for the survival and expansion. The second thing that happened was the company announced that the colonists would have the quote-unquote rights of Englishmen. A fresh governor, Sir George Yeardley, was sent to introduce this new system. On July 30th, 1619, 
The first General Assembly of Virginia met in Jamestown Church yearly. Six counselors and 22 elected Burgesses went over Dale's Code and improved it in light of kind of the popular sentiment of the colonists. They created an upper house and lower house of representative. Uh, the governor would represent the king's interest in the colony. It was, an, in effect, a miniature form of the English parliamentary system. But more importantly, it was the first form of government like this in any colony in the world. The first colony where the colonists actually had a say in their government. It was important of the things to come in the next 150 years in America. The third thing that happened occurred on August 20, 1690. John Rolfe, once again, recorded in his diary, quote, There came in a Dutch man-of-war that sold us 20 neggers, unquote. He noted that 15 of the blacks were bought by Governor Yardley himself for work on his 1,000-acre tobacco plantation. These men at the time were not, strictly speaking, slaves. They were, quote-unquote, indentured servants. Theoretically, they became free when their indentures expired at the end of five years, after which they could buy land and enjoy all the rights of free citizens of the colony. Many white laborers arrived in the colony under the same terms as their passage to America. In reality, these men rarely became free as they racked up additional expenses while indentured, extending their time in servitude. The few servants, white and black, who struggled to become free ended up tenant farmers on the Jamestown River. The more ominous part was how successful Yearly and the other landowners were at using these men to work their plantations. You see, they had lots of labor that needed to be done and not enough people to employ to do that labor. So soon they were buying more men so they could expand their operations. And they weren't just buying indentured servants, they were buying actual slaves. Thus, the year 1619 sent the first English colony on two wildly different paths. One was a path of representative institutions leading to democratic freedoms. The other was a darker path, a path of slave labor where freedom didn't exist. It produced a society divided into two castes, the free and the unfree. These two roads were traveled tirelessly for the next 250 years until their fundamental incompatibility was resolved in a bloody civil war. If you've enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star rating. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Either way, subscribe to get future content. And as always, have a great day if you want to.